Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, the twice-weekly podcast about the podcast, Too Beautiful to Live. Every Friday, we bring you an appreciation piece of the show, clip show, interview with the 10, Phyllis Fletcher's favorites. Uh, on Friday, we did bring you a really fun show with Kalina Rogers, where we talked about uh, pizza and her dogs and the Seahawks Super Bowl win, and then to some small extent, her children. And it was a fun one, and people are responding really well. But this is Monday, where we have to get serious and do a recap of the previous week's TBTL. And my name is Mike Frizzell, and I'm in Kyle, Texas. And joining me from just up by 35 in Dallas is Meredith in a triumphant return. Hello, Meredith. Hey, Mike. Good to be back. Yeah, it's good to have you. And joining us from Minneapolis at the Energy Management Studios at the University of Minnesota, which we'll explain in a moment, is Ann Lundholm. Hello, Ann. Good morning, everybody. You sound great, Ann. The studio's there, <laughs> you know, they're Thank serving you. you well. I've decided to accept this with grace and good humor. As my choir director says, our motto is cheerful and flexible, and that's what I'm being. <laughs> You so tell us what happened. Those characteristics. Well, <laughs> yeah. one second. Um, we're going to do that. We're going to ask her in a moment what's happening there. But um, just to let you know, we're going to, uh, after the LRB business, we're going to do the weekend review, housekeeping, get involved. So the obligatory kiss out of the way. Let's, yes, Anne, let's find out why the hell are you at work on a Sunday? Because we usually record at 10 a.m. on a Sunday, and it is 10.07 a.m. on a Sunday, which nobody should be at the Minneapolis uh, Energy Management Studios at the University of Minnesota. And I'm assuming nobody is, right? Just me. I'm a little afraid that the cleaning crew might come in at some point. I noticed that the garbages have not been emptied, um, but I don't know what their schedule is. So Housekeeping! <laughs> we'll, we'll deal with that if it happens. But, uh, but I have no internet at my house. And it's kind of my own fault because I finally decided that I was going to upgrade my internet speed. As you guys know, I'm forever <laughs> complaining that I have a slow internet because I'm cheap. Sounds like it didn't work. Well, it decelerated um, to zero. Yes, I, I got everything all set up and they said, oh, by the way, you need to upgrade your modem because you're going to such a faster speed that the one you currently have is not compatible with that. And I'm like, that's fine, because that modem is very close to the end of its lifespan. It's been giving me a lot of trouble the last few months. So it was on my list of things to do anyway. And they said, all right, your uh, service will be uh, switched on Friday and the modem will be there on or before Friday. And the service got switched and the modem did not arrive. And I oh. called them up and they said, oh, yeah, it's going to be there on Monday. <clears throat> and I said, well, all right, I guess I'm making some alternate arrangements then. Well, that's really, really nice of you. I mean, uh, Bobby couldn't, he just couldn't do the show this week because he has some personal stuff to attend to. And you didn't let the rest of us know in the chat, at least not that I saw. Meredith, did you know anything about this? No, this is news to me. Well, you're being quite the trooper because we have soldiers now. We could pull people in. I'm sure they haven't taken any notes, but, you know, I barely take notes and I still do this show. So No, and I didn't. Suffering in silence over there. You don't have to yeah. do that. And can I say they turn off the HVAC systems because we are energy management and we want to save Ooh. energy when we're not at work. And it's a balmy 77 degrees in here and stuffy. 
And uh, and I have all the lights off because lights give off heat. So I'm podcasting in the dark. <laughs> Man. Man, well, I've done a show from my car. Or yeah, no, actually Emily's car, not even my car. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, yeah, I remember that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, we do what we have to do to get the job done. People yeah, we do. This content, and so. for our for our early listeners, I know some people really like uh, West Coast people like getting the episode like on Sunday night and listening right away. I'm real sorry, but uh, once I'm done here, I am putting our tracks on a flash drive and I'm going home and I'm putting the show together there and I'm not driving back to work at 1030 on a Sunday night to post it to post it so I'm going to post it tomorrow morning when I get to work okay yeah sorry then early early uh adopters or (laughs) early downloaders (laughs) I love you but not that much I'm sorry you had to keep hitting refresh (laughs) and uh, it's just now showing up but I'll do anything for love but I won't do that here we are, though, and Meredith is back. How long has it been, Meredith? When was um, the last time we heard you? Gosh, I think it was two weeks ago. Two full weeks? Two full weeks, yeah. So um, as everybody knows, I was in the Dominican Republic for a wedding for a week, and that was like a Wednesday to Wednesday trip, uh, which really kind of messed with the whole TBTL schedule because I couldn't record that Saturday, and then I hadn't been listening the rest of the week to record the next day, so I had to take two weeks off in a row. But um, you heard my missive all from the DR. Uh, I was having a great time. <laughs> Mike, you, you commented that I should be, have been drunk the whole time by the pool. And uh, I'll just side note that I was drunk when I recorded that, and I was by the pool. Okay. Okay. Well, that's good. You had some priorities. Hey, did you know that uh, while you were gone, the circus came to town? I I heard a little bit about that. Yeah. It came to Central Texas. I'm a little bummed that I (laughs) had to go to the other side of the world (laughs) at the only time that TPTL is going to come to Texas. I missed it. I know. Terrible timing. I'm so bummed about that. But like I said, I'm going to the picnic. We got our tickets. We got our Airbnb. August 18. Be there. Right. LRB picnic. Uh, I understand you have a, a pup date for us as well. <sighs> Eddie. <laughs> Uh-oh. How much training has Eddie had, by the way? Tell me, list his, uh, what's his resume as far okay, as Okay, yeah. Goes? So he went to puppy school. So the first set of classes for puppy school was a six-week class. And then he did family manners level one and level two. And then because he was barking at other dogs a lot, Mike, as you noted, he also barks at bunnies. Um we did some reactivity training with him too, which is another six week course. So that's up to four. Um, and then we just repeated family manners level two because he's kind of a bad naughty boy when it comes to listening. <laughs> so five total sets of classes, six weeks each. When you put it in dog years, that's really almost a master's degree in <laughs> behavior, know. right? <laughs> and yet. <laughs> and I was yet. A- <laughs> Sorry, I was just trying to set this up. Yeah, no, I was about ready to, 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 strangle him on Tuesday. So what's been happening is since the the weather has gotten hotter, um, he's not a cold weather dog. So now that it's hot, he wants to be outside a lot and he wants to be in the sun, but he's also obsessed with squirrels. So something happened on Tuesday when I was, I was working, uh, it was probably about 11 in the morning and I was like, okay, it's going to be lunchtime. I usually run errands around lunch if I can. So I'm going to let Eddie out to go potty and then I'm going to put him in his crate and I'm going to go run some errands. So by 1130, I thought I'd given him plenty of time I closed up what I was doing at work and I went outside to get him inside and he was just sitting by the trunk of this big tree in our backyard, uh, staring at a squirrel. 
And this can be a challenge because he's really obsessed with squirrels and it's hard to get him to listen to me when there's a squirrel. So I called him a few times. I gave him a little bit of time. I tried to bribe him with some treats, um, but he wouldn't come in. He wouldn't come in. He wouldn't come in. And I realized there was another squirrel in a holly bush near that big tree. So there were two squirrels that I was contending with. And I was like, well, there's no way I'm going to be able to get his attention when there's two you could have a, squirrels. You could have a steak. Oh, yeah. Oh, I tried everything. I mean, he's got some stuff that is really important to him uh, that we use to bribe him in certain situations, and none of that was working. And Mm -hmm. I ended up uh, trying on and off for about four and a half hours to get him inside. And it's blazing hot in Texas. It was about 95, and the sun was out. He also, I thought for sure he would just get hot and want to come back in. But that didn't work. So I tried to kind of, you know, just wait it out. And then that didn't work at all. So I ended up just setting a towel on the ground with a bowl of water, hoping that maybe that would lure him over and some cookies. That didn't work at all. What eventually worked is I had to hit the holly bush with his leash to scare the squirrel out of the bush. And Mm -hmm. it eventually did run up into the tree. And once he realized that there were two squirrels pretty far out of his reach, I was able to lure him by pulling my car down the driveway and opening the crate and being, oh. you know, clap, 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 let's go ride in the car, yeah. which I had tried several times. But since there were two squirrels, he didn't care. But now that there was, you know, mm-hmm. they were far away from him, I could I got him with that trick. So then I kind of like, I don't want that trick to lose its power. So I had to drive him around the block, <laughs> like give him a little <laughs> oh, ride in the right. car. Because <laughs> like, I don't ah, want him back to, in the garage, sucker. Yeah, I don't want him to to think that that just means he's getting trapped. I want it to mean it's going. He's really going on a car ride, so that I can use that in the future. So I ended up not being able to run almost any of my errands, um, and I I kind of just rocketed him back into his crate and just was like, ah, "F you, dog, <laughs> yeah. I'm leaving." So it took it took a good four and a half hours to get him. And he had to be super dehydrated by then too. He was very th- yeah. I let him drink a bunch of water and I gave him a frozen. Um, Kong treat. So I mix up yogurt Mm. and uh, peanut butter and freeze it into this toy and uh, put that in his crate. So he was fine. But uh, I had pretty much uh, had it with him. And uh, I did run a couple errands. uh, And I had to come back home. And that evening, he came back inside from one of his evening potty trips and he had rolled in poop. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. Ginger does that. He eats it, rolls in it, loves it. No, I don't think so. It, there's some sort of, it, I think it's probably like bird or something. It's something that smells real bad, yeah. though. Um, yeah, they usually, they don't roll in dog poop. They, if there's possum poop or just any other kind of poop in the yard, they uh, they turn it into their cologne. Yeah, he kind of likes to rub it on his neck and he'll roll <laughs> yep. around in, in it there. Shoulder, so, neck, yeah. Yep. At least he's an easy fellow to clean. Ginger is not as not as easy. Emily has to take her into the shower. Well, that's what I did with him. Um, he came inside and he rolled all over his bed in my office. So mm. that, of course, I had to go in the wash. And then I had to basically take him upstairs. We've got a shower that has a hose thing. And I had to give him a bath. It still didn't really get it all because that stuff is really pungent. So I ended up taking him to daycare the next day just because I was so done with him. I couldn't even handle dealing with him the next day. So mm-hmm. I took him to daycare and I said, you bathe him. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, Abby's not interested in rolling in poop. But if there's a dead snake... Or some kind of large dead insect. Mm. That's her That's her special brand. Yeah. Yeah, Eddie will roll on beetles. I'm not sure what that's accomplishing, but not the, luckily not the stinky There's ones. some small smell there, Probably. you know. Yeah. It's like those per- perfume samples from magazines. Mm-hmm. You'd, you'd, he'd rub in one of those on your shoulders. Yep. That's what beetles are. Ugh, dogs. I tried to give him away on Facebook, but no one no one wanted him. So, I as guess far as him. as far as the the original squirrel problem goes, have you thought about investing in a squirrel call? 
because I know a podcaster that has one. That's a great oh, yeah. idea. You know what we did? Um, Duff did this kind of out of fury uh, because this has been a problem, never to this extent before, but this has been a problem for a little while. Duff got an air rifle, um, <laughs> not to like hurt the squirrels, um, but to scare them. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he he doesn't shoot. It's also terribly inaccurate. So we probably couldn't hit a squirrel if we wanted to. But um, we do use it to scare them away. He does. I don't know how to use it. And, and when I was texting him about this, I was like, you are teaching me how to use this air rifle <laughs> as soon as you get home. <laughs> we had a, a dog, uh, Jack, whom we called Whitey, and he would be so obsessed with the bunnies that were in the um, yard behind our house that he he would hunch down and look under the fence. He dug enough under the fence where he could see, mm-hmm. and he got to the point where he couldn't move his neck. Like he did it for so many hours that we had to take him to the doctor and we had to get some <laughs> muscle relaxers. And he also had a habit of when there was a squirrel in the crepe myrtle in our backyard, he would he would sit under under there, either on the picnic table or on the ground, and just look straight up and wait for that squirrel to fall in his mouth. Yes. You know, for hours and hours. Yeah, that's what In the heat. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. It is. So ridiculous. Because it never works. Those squirrels are very sure-footed and they never fall into the, into the dog's mouth. But they're sure that that's going to happen someday. It's like gambling. You know, they keep at it because there's the tiniest possibility that they could win their sure. prize. Well, the law of averages. The, the squirrel could have like a... a, a Fermented blueberry and, you know, lose its footing. <laughs> right. <laughs> All of a sudden it's dead. It's inside Eddie's mouth. But all right. Um, throw your phone moments and uh, take us through it. We are, we're up and running now at throwyourphone.com, apparently. Yeah. I want to apologize a little bit because the way we had it uh, set up, uh, all the the submissions were getting forwarded to our main email. And Chrissy didn't realize that it wasn't going to, to everybody. So we had a bunch in the first batch that she was like, oh, you're not getting these? So some of these are, are a little bit aged. And I think the first one uh, Meredith probably wants to address, correct? That's right. Um, we got one a couple weeks ago from listener Tom, and he said, <laughs> so the submission is, why did you just throw your phone? And he says, dot, 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 because Meredith said that MASH was set in Vietnam. Love you, girl, but... <laughs> and he's right. I did say that MASH was set in Vietnam, and I know it's Korea, and shame on me because my grandpa was in Korea. So I apologize, Tom, and I apologize to everybody. That was just a mis- uh, misspeak. I do know that it was not set in Vietnam. You're both wrong. It was actually set in a park uh, in Malibu. In California, that's true. All right. (laughs) All right. So we got another one from Fred who said, uh, Luke saying flight attendants will definitely suffer neck and back injuries during a crash because they're sitting, quote unquote, backwards. Seems far more likely to me that they'd be safer because they're braced up against the bulkhead. I'd like the lady scientists to chime in on this. Mm. I don't know, Fred. I don't know that much about physics. I think what you're saying makes sense. But I mean, I'm more likely to put some credence into what Fred's saying than into Luke's knowledge of physics. I don't think it has anything to do with which way you're facing. I think the location in the plane has something to do with, yeah. with how how well you survive. But I think um, seatbelts are probably the, the, the best predictor. The number one thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have a friend who works in the uh, aviation industry, and he said that, uh, yeah, the seatbelts will help you survive a crash, but often it's the fire that gets you. So <laughs> It's the plane crash that's really, really detrimental to you. When the plane explodes, prospects. the seatbelt's not going to do you much good. <laughs> yeah. 
Here, hey, his his spine looks the spine looks good. His all of his skin and his organs are cinders. <laughs> right. But... Yep. Right. No whiplash that we can tell. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Ellen says, "Is this for phone throwing only?" And of course, I want to say, "No, it's not for phone throwing only." Send all your. Uh, your commentary, good and bad. Uh, she says, I wanted to hug my phone when Andrew rapped about getting caught using the gas station to pee without buying anything while Luke beatboxed. It was so endearingly bad. We can uh, get the nose up on the negativity train. You can send, you know, stuff you liked to throw your phone yeah. mm-hmm. Absolutely. We're not going to set up another domain just for positive stuff. So. <laughs> hug your phone. Dot com. Sorry, Jeremy, don't do it. <laughs> oh, God. Jeremy and his phone. Someone needs to take it away from him. I have a quick clarification. Since I was really out of the loop during the whole road trip, I didn't listen to all the road trip shows. Did they really get an RV and then basically never use it for anything other than driving? That yeah, they, is correct. It's like a car. Yeah. What? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just checking. Uh, yep. That's how it went. They burned a few dinosaurs for no reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a throw your phone moment from David, which was not directly about uh, TVTL content, but the lack of it. He says, damn it, another episode without clearing up the baking soda shortage. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? And then I had a really, I had a vague memory of Luke teasing something about baking soda. And I went and looked it up and it's all about uh, there is a serious baking soda soda shortage in hospitals. Uh, Actually, it's by whatever uh, the the name of baking soda is. It's baking soda solution and uh, bicarbonate of soda. There we go. I knew it would come to me. And uh, there's only two pharmacies that make it. And one of them had a supplier problem. And now the other one's out. And it's a big, scary deal. So uh, there you go, David. I talked about it a little bit just for you. Wait a minute. You can't just go to the grocery store and get some? What's Apparently, this is a special baking soda solution well it's not just like they don't just mix up the powder with some water it comes Mm -hmm. in like vials and they use it uh in ivs and they can't make it themselves or there'd be there's big liability issue it has to be sterile or they'd kill everyone probably i was just thinking like the pizza business you know when you when like i said when you run out of pineapple you just go to the store and get some but in hospitals it doesn't work that way yeah i've taken some runs to the grocery store and bought every single egg that they had but i don't think they can do that (laughs) yeah with this situation Uh, apparently there was a pharmacist in hospital in one of the articles that i read that actually considered doing that because they were so desperate and he thought can i make it myself but you have to have a special special setup and special equipment to be able to actually make it in hospital I bet on, on MASH, they they made it themselves. Probably. They, oh, probably. they were yeah. in a hurry. They did. They have but... a lot of baking soda in Vietnam. <laughs> 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 but apparently it's used in all kinds of application, including uh, lots of different surgeries. And so it's a very bad thing that um, there's a shortage. Uh, thank you, David. Okay. I thought that was very interesting to read about it. And uh, they even mentioned on TBTL when they were debating whether to push the Fred Meyer electronics recording tape mm-hmm. to next Monday. They, they were talking day. about, yeah, are they really actually going to talk about it if they, they intro it twice and then it's probably never going to come up. So I think <laughs> it was the baking soda thing was just uh, a victim of that. Uh, and then we have a couple of other moments that I think we'll try to work in during the week as they become relevant. Okay, then we can review. And Monday, number 2405, nothing cold can stay. Uh, we got a pet update. 
they bought Rudy a lifeguard tank top uh, because she's scared of the pool. I don't know if she's scared of water in general or specifically the pool. And she's also scared of people in the pool. She wants to save them, but she's afraid to go into the water. So they thought it would be hilarious to get her a, a life, lifeguard tank top. It's it's funny how different dogs have different instincts about water. Like Rudy is like, water's terrible. Why would anybody go in there? I want to pull them out with my teeth. Uh, and then you got a dog like mine, a Ginger's, and, and she when she sees body of water, she wants to just jump in. <laughs> and so I think I guess it's just bred in whether whether they're a water dog or anti water dog. And Abby wants to get in, but she can't swim because her legs are like one inch long. So <laughs> <laughs> she just splashes around the sides and looks for tadpoles. Uh, they took the bell collar off of Olive because it was strangling her. So I guess that's a good thing. And it wasn't keeping her from killing any creatures anyway. So they figured they'll look for a different solution. She needs a tiny yacht horn or something. Something really, <laughs> you know, she's too good, I guess. I guess so. Ninja Cat. Uh, Genevieve is cyberbullying Andrew because... The other night, he couldn't think of Leo DiCaprio's name or the movie Catch Me If You Can, and she thought it would be <laughs> hilarious to tweet it. He called it, what, Chase Me All The Way? <laughs> Chase Me All The Way. <laughs> I don't know if it qualifies as cyberbullying, but it was it was funny. Luke is back from his wild weekend in Vegas, where he went for whose birthday? I can't remember. Uh, Newman. Right. Everybody's turning 40. I think Newman might be the last one. Yep. Uh, he told all his his pals about the four-mile bar, although I guess they didn't end up going back to there. And then they do some reminiscing over the four-mile. They mentioned the dazzling detail that they had hot dogs at the four-mile, and Andrew didn't get one. And Luke's afraid that somehow he hurt Andrew's feelings or something that made him not want to have a hot dog like he hot dog shamed him yeah and then there's a whole thing about how andrew was set on going to a divey steakhouse which is an oxymoron if i ever heard one Ugh. yeah and he was looking forward to a certain specific type of food and then he just wasn't in the mood for a hot dog and that's why he didn't get one not because he was somehow upset and he wasn't upset because they didn't get a hot get a steak when you're talking about food in Las Vegas, if you go to a steakhouse, they're all pretty good. Yeah. So I, I just don't get the divey steakhouse thing. Usually <laughs> you can go to a divey place, but if the place is calling itself a steakhouse, usually they have really good steaks. I think they're being nostalgic for a Vegas that doesn't really exist anymore. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think you're right. So then they make the announcement that we've all been waiting for. It's Song of the Summertime. Uh, they spend a blessedly short time talking about what the true goal of the Song of the Summer is. Is it to predict the big summer jam with accuracy as to which, I don't know, Katy Perry song it's really going to be? Or are we going for something aspirational where we as a group pick what we think ought to be the song of the year? It's an evergreen argument. And really the only important thing to know is that they're following our lead and setting up a, a form that you can easily fill out uh, for your Song of the Summer submission. And Andrew says, if you do not include a link to the song, he will ignore it, which I think is entirely reasonable. 
Mm-hmm. Let's just get this over with. <laughs> so you're yes. really excited about Song of the Summer, eh? I'm super excited about Song yeah. of the Summer. I don't mind Song of the Summer. Just all the hand wringing and discussion over Song of the Summer. I just feel like, you know, same shit, different year. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. It's. I um, always submit my neck back and never gets picked. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Christy and I did decide. Uh, I think it was the um, the clip show we did with Bob Stein when we were talking about how much we loved the Spreadsheet remix, and we decided that we should all nominate that for Song of the Summer. So, if anybody wants to nominate, oh, right. the <laughs> Spreadsheet song, please do. I think it would be hilarious if you got like fifty submissions for that. Does it have a link? You can get it off of Marsupial Gurgle, right? Oh, ah, okay. some good hits for Probably. Lynn. Probably. Yeah. Yes. Uh, then they talk about Seinfeld for a while, and I'm not sure exactly how they got into it, other than they decide to go through all the Seinfeld drops they have to see how many of them have a laugh track and how many of them are in the clear, which is an exercise they abandon fairly quickly to talk about a clip of Seinfeld on Larry King, who at the time didn't know whether or not Seinfeld had ended or had been canceled. <laughs> yeah, was it was it your choice or did they cancel you? <laughs> that was so great because, I he mean... Said, did you cancel them, I think, is what he yeah. said. <laughs> he just, he didn't do the thing. He, he wasn't deferential. Seinfeld wasn't. And that was great. No, no. no. Larry King sometimes probably all the time needs to be called on his bullshit and he called him on it and it was fantastic. How could you be that culturally unaware that you thought Seinfeld was canceled? In in those later years of Larry King, it's like he's verging on senile and we didn't mm-hmm. notice, but I think it's because he went from drunk to senile right. and it was like a seamless transition. <laughs> right. It's, it's the same problem really when you're trying to do a show. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Uh, so then we move into some travel talk because Luke can't go on a trip without bringing us some travel talk. And there was a guy at SeaTac that he saw playing, quote unquote, smooth jazz over a speaker just in the gate area, I guess, that everybody apparently enjoyed. And uh, first of all, I would like to uh, pick a bone with Luke to say that I don't know exactly how you define smooth jazz, but that was not it. No. And I think a lot of our listeners had that same thought. Like that that's a very weird definition of smooth jazz. Yeah, it was more like funk almost. Then uh Luke said that he actually really enjoyed it and no one complained and it was better than the music that they play and Andrew says don't assume that everyone else is in the same a mental headspace as you about this. Maybe they were just grinding their teeth and seething in silence like he would have been. Because he hates public music. Oh boy, I have have I got a story about the the Dominican Republic airport, you guys. <laughs> yeah. So the Dominican Republic is a developing country, and their airport's tiny. It's got five gates, and it's open air. And when you arrive, everybody goes down the same kind of plank um, to get your bags and to be either uh, checked by security or not, depending on nothing that we could tell. Um, but when you walk down this plank, there is a five-piece mariachi band, and they are blasting 
the same song over and over and over. So it's, it's, it's so loud that you can't talk to the people you're with. It's so loud. They play right by the currency exchange window. So we were trying to understand how to change our money to Dominican pesos. And we were just having to yell through this, you know, bulletproof glass while there's mariachi music blasting in our faces. And we're in a new country and we're like kind of on the, on guard. It was horrible. <laughs> Was it the same way on the way out? This yes. is a oh yes. my god, that's terrible. We had to walk by the same mariachi band playing the same song, and I can't imagine those those airport empo- employees are about to go insane. If you tip them enough, will they go to another airport? Will they move, move to? <laughs> Maybe that's what we should have done. <laughs> Here's a hundred dollars. Go to the up. next. Go to the bus station. <laughs> But were they somehow affiliated with the airport, or were they? I think freelancers. So. They were past security. Hmm. They they have a lot of live music in the airport in Austin, but it's it's not near the gates, not very near the gates. Well, in this airport, everything is near the gates, so yeah, there's I guess probably so, not five too many gates. places to go. Yeah. Right. Yep. Uh, Meredith, you made a note about this new ad for Thrive. Well, I don't know, it just irritates me. Um, I I I don't know the the whole. Um, this is like they're trying to be Amazon for organic food, right? I suppose. And and I, I felt like I wouldn't be doing my lady scientist duty if I didn't mention that organic food is no better than conventional food and GMOs are not bad for you. Yeah, they had all the all the catchphrases for dummies. Yes. On on that ad. I it's like it was all gluten-free and and Yeah, it was almost a spoof of an ad. Right. I'm just surprised that that was something that 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 market would approach them. And they're doing Facebook ads for them too. Yeah, I've heard them on a couple of other podcasts that I listen to. So I guess they're making some some big push. Yeah. I just get confused every time they say Thrive because I think I'm thinking that they're talking about their performance review. Yes, mm-hmm. that too. And then they say market. I'm like, oh, I'm kind of disappointed because <laughs> I always like listening to them talk about their futility with their performance <laughs> reviews. A top story for today is a follow up on the freeze story. Uh, the freeze got beat. Uh, the freeze does not always win, apparently. And Luke says that it's because they give the contestant too much of a head start. No shit, Sherlock. Uh, also, <laughs> they picked an athletic person to do the challenge. Uh, but I don't know. Would you? You wouldn't pick a big person to do the challenge because then that's just sort of humiliating. But he, what he really wants is just some drunk bro to be humiliated because he says this whole thing is supposed to be about comeuppance but that is definitely Luke projecting his own thing on it <laughs> well and I think I mentioned on uh, on one of, on a previous show that I had seen the video of the the dude bro that that you know fit Luke's profile and started celebrating about 10 feet before he was going to win and then saw the freeze over his shoulder and then ate shit it was really satisfying I think I watched it at least four or five times in a row, and and I did post it on the Stens page. But I'm yeah, sure I it got that buried because tacos and hot dogs and <laughs> such. Well, Andrew makes a good point that shouldn't they show that it is possible to beat yes. the house? Yes. I mean that it's not just completely rigged the whole time. I mean, you can't have the freeze getting beat beat like six, six times in a row, but once a week. I mean, the fans would you know would love it if like a, yeah. they gave some some chubby kid of a halfway around the warning track start and you know you could actually see maybe the freeze hold up a little bit and let the kid win or something it'd be amazing it's great drama yep 
But but no, Luke thinks that the real drama is the suspense and seeing whether the freeze can keep the winning streak alive. Um, I guess I can see the point of both of those, but I definitely like Andrews better. You have to show that it's not a not a losing proposition. At this point, they get breaking news uh, with the breaking news sounder and everything uh, because Chris Hayes is the top TV personality for Hollywood Reporter for this this week as judged by social media mentions, I guess. Um, and they get very excited to that. It's just, it's bullshit. I mean, I love Chris. I'm great that he's, uh, or I'm very happy that he's successful, but this ranking doesn't mean anything, right? I, I think it's it's good that someone who is smart is now considered hot. Yes. If you know what I mean. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like his intelligence is a selling is a selling point as far as his attractiveness. Does this mean he's more or less likely to follow Christy on Twitter now? <laughs> we gotta we gotta keep pushing that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, talking about some sports, uh, they are amazed that Coach Jim Tomsula is a normal person who says normal things and not uh, all the what, corporate sports talk. Is that how you would char- yeah, characterize it? Usually NFL coaches are really buttoned down and it's always it's it's remarkable when they're not and they get quoted forever when they kind of lose their shit or say something real. So, it's it's notable that that not only is he a normal person, but he's he's letting it fly, you know, but he's no longer a head coach, so <laughs> he didn't he 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 didn't do anything of note while he was a head coach. Uh he his team did poorly and he was fired after a year, but uh, I don't remember him doing anything remarkable, but it's it's fun to hear this stuff, you know, I guess. Well, what he's done since he uh, lost his head coaching job is he lost some weight and he shaved off his dad mustache. And that is a big deal, I guess. <laughs> and Luke characterizes him as a, a lovable buffoon. I don't think that's how I like to be characterized, but... There you go. Uh, Andrew is getting really excited for football time. We've got a few months left for that, don't we? In, unless you count uh, training camp and stuff. But you, yeah, it's still, I mean, that's still like a three or four weeks away, isn't it? Well, it's a, training camp is the biggest tease in, in the world. Because, you know, it's like, oh, football's back in the news or whatever. And, oh, God, they're going to play four or five completely meaningless games. Ugh. Yep. So I, I don't get excited till September. But but Andrew is already excited, and Luke says he's considering trying to kind of back things down on his obsession. <laughs> and Andrew suggests that he could try following the Browns, and that might help. Luke's not going to back down. This is one of his things that he just says, and there's just no way. Right. Once the texts start flying. Well, he says he's not very enthusiastic because he doesn't like some of the Seahawks players right now. He thinks that they've been behaving poorly or not having the right attitude and of course i don't follow football or the seahawks so i only know what i hear them talk about but so michael bennett they talked about this months ago right michael bennett yelled at the reporter about never facing adversity and the reporter had just fought cancer and so that was kind of an oopsie moment like the the seahawks aren't 
any worse as far as their behavior as any other NFL team. In fact, for the most part, they're better, but they've been so good for such an extended period now that there's microphones in front of them all the time. If they were a third or fourth place team, you wouldn't hear about any of this stuff. So, you know, I, I just put it down to that until somebody, you know, hits a woman or, you know, waves a gun around or does some really bad shit, you know, it's just talk. Yeah. Well, uh, Luke mentions that he has been screamed at by athletes and says, it's, Oh God, it's, it's bad. really scary yeah. because they're <laughs> so, so much more imposing physically than him. But you know what? This is uh, from a guy who has regularly gone big dog. He, who has such a temper pro- problem that they have a name for his temper in big dog <laughs> over the years and who has yeah. screamed at people in his place of work. So I don't know, maybe just because Luke couldn't beat the shit out of somebody that he was mad at, but he's tried. I find this to be fairly hypocritical behavior. Um, And then he kind of shits on pro athletes for a while because he's using qualifiers like, oh, he's funny for an athlete or he's smart for an athlete. And I would say, no, they're just either funny or they're not, and they're smart or they're not, whatever. There's lots of smart athletes, and there's lots of funny athletes, and I, it diminishes them to put that kind of qualifier on there. Uh, and then they say also the NFL sucks, which is why they're, or he's having some problems getting excited. And that I heartily agree with. Oh, Andrew tries to compare TBTL to the Browns. He says they are the Cleveland Browns of podcasting, to which I said no. Uh, except that TBTL actually delivers on content where the Browns don't. Uh, Then we have some emails from uh, Missy and Dorothy have finally come up with Andrew's highway rap place that he was obsessing about. It's called Fresh City. Uh, So he's very excited to uh, find that out. And Luke is very proud of how well they ate on the road. They resisted most of their urges to go to Buru Ray and so forth. So that's how they use the RV as it's intended for, is for storing their food and then eating it. Some stale bread sandwiches. Yeah. Andrew's turkey and bugles served him well. (laughs) We have another email from Kalina, our recent guest on LRB, about the Pledge of Allegiance. She's a Jehovah's Witness, and she really appreciated that Luke was very kind and and thoughtful about Jehovah's Witnesses and the reasons that they might have for not wanting to say the Pledge of Allegiance. So that's good. And then there was a follow-up to the Blazing Bagels, excuse me, Bagels uh, story, because uh, there is a 10 who works there, and he or she, I think it was a he, played Luke and Andrew's coverage or analysis for the head bagel who really liked it. So I don't know if there will be any uh, contact between Blazing Bagels and TBTL. They could be begin a beautiful partnership. But we did uh, get a, a throw your phone moment that I really enjoyed. I think you encouraged her on the Stens page to submit this mic uh, from Mary, who said, Luke can't say bagel, and there are a lot of bagel situations that come up, and I can't afford to go around throwing my phone. I have tile floors. (laughs) (laughs) Apple care, Mary. (laughs) He's never going to stop. Nope. He's going to have his bagels in Vegas. (laughs) 
<laughs> There's no use crying over spilt milk. <laughs> no nope. milk. And then finally for the day, they pick this outro song that has about one million N-words in it, as well as a bunch of swears, and they scrap it after 10 seconds, and that will come back into play for uh, the rest of the week. Specifically Tuesday, 2406, Technological Solutions for Emotional Problems. Uh, we get the uh, Name and Nuts intro. Uh, it's always a delight. And we learn that Rudy has yep. ear mites because, of course, she does. Uh, too much canoodling with deer? I don't know. I don't know what. Ha- I thought that the flea prevention took care of that. but I don't know. Uh, I don't even know what a mite is. I, we've never had them. So. Me either. I've, had, I've picked up kittens that had ear mites. It's common in, in street animals. Are they but, just like fleas or ticks? Do they yeah, attach? Yeah, so they're kind of like fleas. They're a little like, smaller, I think, than fleas. Okay. But yeah, they'll suck their blood and stuff, so they're, they have to be awesome. taken care of. I guess Rudy sort of is a street dog. She just runs away at will. <laughs> uh, Luke talks about his new toilet. They're remodeling their bathroom still and how long it took for them to decide where to put the toilet paper roll. And this is a, an issue I'd never thought about until we bought this current house that we have. And this house was a flip, and nobody had lived in it for a while and nobody had actually lived in it after the remodel. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was one bathroom upstairs where the toilet paper was positioned in such a place where you couldn't sit on the toilet. Like it would, <laughs> you would run right into the, just crush it was directly it you next down. to, yes, you would have crushed it into the wall because it was directly next to the bowl, <laughs> like down right next to the bowl. It was such a strange <laughs> thing. Like, why would anybody, I, I understand like fine tuning it. You wanted a little forward and a, maybe a little up, but no one gave this any thought. Somebody just tacked it right to the wall, right next to the toilet. That's very stupid. So good for them. Um, Andrew realizes it's his mom's birthday and they talk about calling their parents and Luke talks about calling at 11.55 PM so that you get quote unquote credit for calling the person on the birthday and singing the birthday song into their voicemail. Uh, is this something that you guys do for your family's uh, birthdays? Him? Yeah, I usually try to call my brothers and they call me. Um, maybe, I mean, I try to get together with my parents. I, I totally skipped Father's Day and I feel guilty about it. I made zero <laughs> acknowledgement of it. So I probably need to do something about that. But yeah, generally we try to kind of get in touch, not at 11.55 p.m. Do they still have a landline or are they cell phone people only? Uh, cell phone. I call my dad on Father's Day, and uh, it's a he has cell phone. I don't think they have a landline. Uh, my mom's been deceased for quite a while, but we don't do birthdays. We're just not that kind of family. We're not a. I, I don't want anyone celebrating my birthday, so I just assume my brother and sister don't either. So. We're so we do a little bit, um, but it's mostly texts, which is what made me think of that. It's so interesting that that Luke feels so nostalgic about having uh, the parents have the home line. Um, I think my my mom now sees it as an act of aggression if you call her on the phone. Um, <laughs> so unless somebody dies, we don't talk on the phone. <laughs> we text. And so I'll text Happy Mother's Day, Happy Birthday, and that's totally fine with her. My dad is a grump about fake holidays, and so he gets angry if I acknowledge Father's Day. So I don't. <laughs> I love your dad. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty great. I send my stepdad a text. Um, and he likes that. He'd probably like a call, but I got a text from Cullen this year. He's we've, oh, yeah? we've got yeah we've gotten tighter this year since since he's gotten all stressed about graduation, and I'm I don't bust his balls about it. So right, um, Luke wants a maybe an old style rotary phone with a cord 
so that he can have children and then they can all travel back to 1985 and be a family <laughs> while one of them talks on the phone in the kitchen. <laughs> right. I don't know. That doesn't sound like a great... I, I remember having a corded phone um, and I remember having to uh, like answer it downstairs and then run upstairs and then yell at my sister to hang up the downstairs phone. Oh, yeah. And then sit in the closet and talk to my friends. Uh, I don't miss that. That's not a nostalgic thing for me. Um, Andrew laments that you don't get to talk to your friend's parents anymore when you call. And that was my absolute worst nightmare. I was not great talking on the phone. I was kind of a <laughs> nervous kid. And my mom had to build up my confidence by forcing me to call and make, you know, schedule things like schedule my dentist appointments and stuff. So I had to learn how to talk to people on the phone. And I hated it. It was just like my stomach would drop if a parent answered the phone. I was not wanting to talk to them. I, I loved I loved it because it gave me a chance to do really great impressions of my friend's parents, <laughs> you know, like, uh, my friend, my friend Dave, the, his mom was from Denmark and she'd be so happy to talk to me, you know, and she's the kind of lady that if she knew I was coming over, she would bake cookies and put them in a, a an empty tin of Danish cookies, but they were real Danish cookies because she was Danish and she would answer the phone and be kind of like, uh, Susie Burbank, hello. And then, <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and when she'd called David, David, it's Mike. And then I could do that in front of all the guys and, the, and he'd, they would turn red and it was <laughs> fucking fantastic. And I did that with a lot of friends' parents. My friend Steve, Steve Files, when he would call, when we were, I was living in the fraternity, his, uh, his dad would call and we had this like intercom system where we could track somebody down. They could pick up a phone on whatever level of the, of the house. And he would always say, this is Tom Files, Steve Files' dad. Is, is Steve available? <laughs> and I just loved how formal it was. And, and so I would always introduce myself as Tom Files, Steve Files' dad. <laughs> uh, Luke talks about uh, his time with his childhood friend, Peter Williams, um, how Peter would beg his mom to let Luke go to Red Robin with them, and she would relent, but that meant nobody could get a soda because of the increased that sucks. cost that Luke would I wouldn't bring. want to be that guy, would you? No way. I'd mm-hmm. say, never mind. I'll go home. Right. I'll go home and eat a peanut butter mustard sandwich, and you guys yeah. can, can go to Red Robin and have your sodas. Uh, he tells the Breaking Peters 2 story again. I feel like we just got this a few months ago, um, but uh, we got a new bit, tidbit. At least it was new to me that that the replacement bit that Peter got um, was always a little bit off color, and so they named it Old Gray Baleen. Andrew doesn't know about whales because he grew up in Ohio. <laughs> yeah, that's why. <laughs> There's no way to learn about whales <laughs> in Ohio. Um, we get some more Song of the Summer talk. Uh, I'm not too excited about covering that again, so we'll leave it there. Uh, they do talk a little bit about yesterday's uh, Hood Internet outro song with all the millions of N-words. Um, and of course, the Hood Internet, I mean, I don't know why Luke would ever think that they were clean. They're really, really not. Uh, but they get a really insightful email from uh, listener Duan asking, why are you editing rap when you don't edit yourselves? Um, and I, I guess, you know, their point was that that Luke and Andrew aren't saying the N-word a thousand times in a show, which is true. Um, they do swear a little bit. Andrew says he kind of would like to stop swearing, but he's tried that in the past and has really been terrible at it. He lets them slip, and I think he gets more in his head about it. Um, Luke says that, uh, you know, hip-hop tends to have misogynistic and violent lyrics, and 
that's an attitude I find a little upsetting because um, people use rap lyrics to incarcerate young men, usually mm-hmm. black men. Mm-hmm. That's actually happened. And it doesn't happen with any other kind of music. And And violent misogynistic lyrics are not confined to hip hop. Like, you know, we haven't thrown uh, uh, Johnny Cash in prison for murdering a dude in Reno for no reason, right? So um, I just don't like this attitude that hip hop is exceptionally... Uh, worse than any other kind of music. Well, talking about back to Andrew, you know, wanting to maybe not swear or swear as much anymore. Um, I know uh, everyone gets tired of hearing me <clears throat> talk about um, takedown podcast, but my partner, Matt, swearing was his love language. I mean, the guy was <laughs> great at swearing. <laughs> so we did, um, we did a show where we're going to try to do a clean show. And, you know, I swear too, but not like Matt. So I thought, oh, this will be a layup for me, but it's going to be really hard for Matt. Thus, it'll be funny. I'm the one who swore during that show. <laughs> I remember that. I'm too. the one who, who effed it up. <laughs> so so um, trying to edit yourself like that. I mean, if your audience can take a little swearing, go ahead and let it go when it's appropriate. It's it's sucks to hear someone like struggling to say something in a clean way when really the best way to say it is the dirty way. And I think swearing really serves a purpose, um, as a, as a excited mark. Yeah. Punctuation. It's a, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. it's a exclamation point slash excited mark. Yeah. And we're all adults here except for Aiden. Sorry, Aiden. Yeah. He's, it's too late for Aiden. He's one of us now. (laughs) Uh, top story for today is uh, an interview with Harry Shearer where he talks about um, his days with the Spinal Tap movie and how the cast and the producers didn't make a lot of money. Um, and I, this was something I was totally unaware of, that the studios are just doing uh, some shady bookkeeping and making every movie look like it's a loss so they don't have to pay out to to the uh, to the, the talent. And uh, it sounds like he's made total of $81 on the movie and $98 from the music since 1984. Yeah, that's fairly that's, evil. It's awful. Yeah, that's terrible. And it, and apparently this guy has an, as a rep for being kind of difficult in when it comes to this stuff, but it sounds like he's just trying to stick up for himself and, and his coworkers. Mm-hmm. Um, the only way that this was resolved is happened to run into an exec at Spago and, and talked about the, the money. That's pretty... Pretty awful of them. Uh, I guess it, it shouldn't surprise us that that big companies are are trying to uh, get some, get one over on artists. But there's that. Uh, we get a breaking news alert that Rudy is 77 pound yellow lab, not an 80 pound yellow <laughs> lab, and certainly not a 65 pound yellow lab. I think if you put a squirrel on a long leash and Rudy on a short leash, you could get Rudy <laughs> to run. <laughs> uh, from how Luke talks about it, I'm not sure that you could. All right. We get a voicemail from Kelly uh, where she's talking about her her problem with her uh, pest control contract and her husband kind of being a a little reticent to sign anything. Um, Some somebody came over with a better deal. uh, And so she signed up and didn't tell her husband. And then he came home and said, hey, how did we get that rat trap? (laughs) So she had to come clean and she just wanted to confess to somebody. I I think the the lesson here for the fella, at least, is when when you get a rat problem or some kind of awful problem at your home don't ham and haw and audition you know let's, right let's get it done let's get don't this be shit like away i'll take house. care of it 
I'll get right. to it when I get to it is not an appropriate no. response for rats. When there's a rat in your house, you know, you're not going to work and come home. You know, you're, if your wife's there, she's going to take care of that fucking rat. Yeah, I would have done the same thing. Like, I don't care. I'm, I'm not going to live in this house with a rat anymore. The next person who comes to my door who can get rid of this rat gets my business. Yep. Luke talks a little bit about his uh, latest flight and feeling entitled to f- uh, peeing in the first class bathrooms, uh, even though he's not in first class. And he talks about that split second where you know you can't lie when the flight attendant confronts you about where you're sitting. <laughs> she can clearly or he can t- clearly tell where you are and, yep. and is obviously... Uh, saying without saying that you can't use this bathroom. Uh, But Luke thinks that he's basically just a first-class person at this point anyway, so he should be allowed to use their bathrooms. (laughs) Don't you know who I am? Exactly. And he gives us some genius uh, marital advice um, where he started to just say okay more and uh, to not fight tomorrow's battles today. Um, But do make tomorrow's coffee today. All right. Wednesday, 2407, a ghost is bored. Luke and Carrie are in Wallingford, but uh, need to leave early for different projects that they are working on. Luke is protecting his, he's wearing his headphones in a weird way because I think he's already uh, sprayed his bald spot. Um, (laughs) And Carrie has to protect the information. I think she was going to some super secret um, interview for some project that they probably don't want any information in case she doesn't get the gig. Andrew admittedly first hated the too loud and too specific drop and um, got around to it, but it doesn't seem like he's going to be able to do the same thing with the fart transplant <laughs> drop. And I sort of agree. <laughs> the Cynthia drop is, is, is superior. Yeah. You can't give Luke that kind of ammunition. You just can't. <laughs> you must sit stone faced while he plays the fart transplant drop or it'll come back over mm-hmm. and over mm-hmm. and you can't normalize it like carrie by working it into the fun conversation then you're like ah oh, here we go now it's a part of our life carrie clearly understands a non-disclosure agreement <laughs> where luke has never quite understood i think he understands he just can't do it no don't ever <laughs> share a secret with luke if you don't want the whole world to know. Because you could tell he was so on the line about saying more than he should about this. I -hmm. think if Carrie had not been there staring him in the face, he would have spilled the beans. Probably. We would have known exactly what she was doing. Mm -hmm. Luke has been listening to a lot of news and makes a Russian ambassador joke that no one got. And then... Andrew wants the wants Luke and Carrie to move back to uh, Seattle, but there was a uh, segment on KOW that uh, Bill Radke did where people were calling in their nightmare stories about real estate in Seattle and how crazy the, the numbers are. And I remember when he sold his house in Mount Baker, I'm like, what are you doing? You know, if you don't have to move out of here for work, which you don't, this is, it's crazy because... You, your house is appreciating more than your mortgage payment in mm-hmm. that situation. Mm-hmm. So you're sitting pretty, and I think he had a lot of remorse over that. Quality of life, though, he's happy in Bellingham. So that's that's really the most important thing. And they finally found a spot where they're really happy. Um, they they got the worst home inspector in the world, <laughs> and they finally overcome that after a couple years. They have an all-new house that they've built themselves. Letter to seller. 
they talked about that phenomenon and and I might have a a story to share very soon about a letter to seller that I wrote, which might be an all timer. So there's a tease. It's uh, all kind of depending on how some things are going to work out here Mm -hmm. in the the next uh, week or so. Carrie tells a ghost story and uh, she she says, I fart you not that it really happened. I'm not a believer in ghosts. Either one of you ever have an encounter or any kind of credible... Oh, God, no. No. <laughs> okay, good. Ladies of science, I'll finally give you some credit for your intelligence. Because oh, <laughs> not real. Um, I can understand that was probably pretty freaky, that little recording or whatever. And who knows whether or not it was legit or a joke someone was playing. But no, nope. Nope, ghosts, not real. Sorry, Jeff Richardson's a big believer in ghosts, has had many encounters with aliens, ghosts, all these things, and and uh, I respect that. It's just never happened to me, so I can't believe it till I see it. So the murder house discussion, Luke wants to buy the Manson murder house and live there because it's so nice and posh. Um, that that's I would not mind living in a house where people... Of course you're going to live in houses where people died, and of course... You know, some people are going to end up living in houses where people were murdered. But I agree with Carrie. It's not like I think there are ghosts around. Right. If it was a particularly public and gruesome murder that books were written about, newspapers and stuff, that I knew where it all went down in the house or whatever. Like, I wouldn't want to live in Doc McDonald's, you know, army condo because I've I've read this book and I know this dude and it's all disgusting and gross. And I would just always be thinking, oh, yeah, here's where he stabbed his daughter and here's where he clubbed his other daughter to death and... You know, no thanks. Yeah, I I have to agree with that. Mm-hmm. Even at a discount, I know it's okay. I, I I'll find another place to hang out. Luke believes that silence plays tricks on ears. They do a silence check, which makes Andrew really uncomfortable, uh, and then he plays the fart drop again to end the silence. So. <laughs> Didn't last thirty seconds. Uh, yeah, like fifteen seconds was all they could do on silence. Yeah. I could do way better than that. <laughs> Yeah, I can see that, Anne. You're from a stoic lot. <laughs> you could do it. There's a spoof about the fish throwers at Pike Place Market, which I think is good. You, I, you know what? Like last night I was watching whenever the Mariners get to play one of the Texas teams, it's on TV here. So I DVR it and I was watching it. And of course they sent the reporter over to throw fish because they can't resist. This this year too, it's the the grasshoppers. Every team that comes to town has to sample the grasshoppers that they're cooking. Oh, sure. At Safeco now, and it's it's all very fun. They had it on ESPN, and so everyone has to eat the grasshoppers. So they get the little legs caught between their teeth, and they get grossed out. And, oh. <laughs> at least that's you know one night where they're not throwing fish. Uh, Life is a highway is the first song of the summer nominee as a <laughs> nephew so to good. the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, it was a good FU. I really hope it's not the song of the summer. Top story, Lone Star Tick. This is this is serious business. This tick gets you and then you are allergic to meat. And Luke wants this. This is one of his things. Like he says he's not going to be a Seahawks, much of a Seahawks fan this year. He feels like he wants this Lone Star Tick so that he won't crave red meat as much as his sort of antabuse. Sure. And Andrew's uh-huh. never heard of antabuse, which is weird. I thought everyone knew what antabuse was. Yeah. Uh, so eating less meat is discussed, as it always is, and then nobody eats any less meat. 
Right. Uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed the part of this where uh, they were talking about how Andrew and Veeves aren't eating pork or Veeves isn't eating pork. And Andrew is kind of not eating pork by association. And then he, quote, accidentally ordered ham from the <laughs> deli. <laughs> it's just a reflex for him at this point. Yeah. And you're not going to you're not going to like refuse it once you've got it. You're not taking it back. You got to right. eat it. Luke thinks that his desire to eat a little less red meat is because he loves Rudy so much. Um, so he has more empathy for dogs being murdered or sympathy. I don't know. I know how that works, but I don't look at my dogs and then say I'm not going to eat a burger. It's just not an association that that I can make. Top story two, Daniel Day-Lewis is retiring and Andrew hates announcements like that because he finds them pompous. So he... <laughs> He's kind of immediately, he's he's mad about Daniel Day-Lewis's retirement announcement. I think it's a good thing when an actor announces a retirement because then you then you don't think like, why hasn't this person been in a movie? Are they, are they sick? You know, you start to wonder after a while, right? Right. But Mike, an actor announcing his retirement, that's too performative for Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just... Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson is also discussed for some reason. And it, it, I perked up because, um, I bought, I, I bought some movie tickets for this summer of, in this, uh, Austin summer film series where they're in the, these big old theaters, they're playing older movies. And we, Emily was traveling this week. So I had to give my uh, working girl tickets to Hillary and her husband. And they had a, a good time watching that movie. Everyone, everyone, everyone who grew up a certain time loves working girl. And then this week, I think we're going to be able to make it. And I how we have tickets for our date night to boogie nights, which is a great date night movie. She's <laughs> Emily's never seen it. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. And Emily's never seen it. I'm sure she just thinks it's a porn movie. <laughs> I have a, a funny story about going to see that. I went to see it when I was in college. I think it came out when I was a senior and my roommate and I went to see it after it had been out for a while. And we went like on a Saturday morning showing. And so there was almost nobody in the theater. It was us. And then about four or five rows behind us, it was like two dudes, you know, two college dudes. And so uh -huh. we're all watching the movie and you get to the end scene. You know, the one I'm talking about where Marky Mark mm -hmm. drops the trousers and <laughs> the reveal <laughs> looks at his full, full glory. And from behind us. I hear, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> and we just laughed the rest of the movie. Oh, man, that's great. All right. Um, Andrew recalls his uh, ghost hunter obsession. He put the apps on his phone and, you know, who, who could have known they were complete bullshit? <laughs> I think we did when we talked about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, we did. Yeah, we did talk about that when he when he uh, brought that up before. <laughs> Meredith, didn't you get all the spider eggs on your phone? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I remember that now? Yeah, you took the took that one for the team, Meredith. That yeah, was uh, yeah. It was like watching uh, "Look Who's Talking" too. You were, it turns you're out it's gay. just a random number generator that produces beeps and boops on your screen. But uh, but there are um, in-app upgrades though. If you'd like to donate a few dollars to the cause, right? Right. Yep. They get an email from Dan in New York about uh, nut cost. Uh, the only thing I remember about this is neither one of them uh, seems to be able to say pecan. They keep saying <laughs> pecan. Drives me on my fucking mind. There, I just used a, a swear word as a 
Well placed. That's an excited mark. He suggests sunflower seeds and pumpkin seeds as replacements. They're, I mean, those are fine things, but they're not, they're not nuts. They're not Mm-mm. satisfying, you know, in the way that nuts are. I mean, they're delicious. They're both delicious, but the, they're, that's not, that's not it. Uh, the UW Daily Sports Editor is recalled as being a very gross person because he had multiple chew spit cups on his Whoa. desk. That's pretty gross. But shredded jerky is, I mean, what is that? I mean, when you put jerky in your mouth, you eat it. You don't just let it congeal in the corner of your mouth. That is grosser than chew to me. You just soften it up into like steak. <laughs> so gross. You need to let the smoke be absorbed through your gums. Mm. Uh, Luke had the dip experience that most have when they try it. They just get sick. Um, see the Sandlot scene on the, uh, on, it wasn't a roller coaster. It was some kind of a crazy spinner. The Smiths is the, uh, outro, but no, it was actually Morrissey and, and somebody, I think on the Stents page or somewhere got really upset. Oh no. Jojo sent oh, us Jojo, a, yeah. submitted yeah. a throw your phone moment on that one. Oh, he did. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I knew I'd seen that somewhere. So he is our Moprock expert, and the Smiths were a superior product. I do know that myself. I've listened to enough of it. I know the Smiths are better. Morrissey is kind of it's low low grade. But at least he doesn't swear very much. <laughs> low grade Moprock <laughs> heroin. That's all I got for uh, Wednesday. All right, Thursday, twenty four oh eight. Sangria can't melt steel beams. Uh, Nate, the boss, got married, but they are, for some reason, afraid to say so. Uh, Andrew says that he went on vacation. Uh, he's covering for him for some reason. Um, and they theorize... It's not like he went to Thailand to fuck little boys, you know? <laughs> he yeah. got married. He got married. It's he's fine. not a single man who, you know... <laughs> but we, he's kind of a mystery, right? We haven't heard anything about right. this guy. He is. Um, and so they theorize that get it's married, because Andrew... Though. Yeah, it's fine. Most a lot of people do it. Andrew's been complaining to him about the fart transplant drop, perhaps. Um, <laughs> yeah. Somebody on the Stens page wondered if the guys are okay, if their relationship's okay. They had just made a series of dumb jokes that made it seem like they were having problems, but they clarified that they're fine. Luke talks about a documentary that he watched about Herbalife and uh, multi-level marketing schemes in general. These are close to my heart as somebody who grew up right near uh, the Scamway Corporation. And he talks about how the Burbanks actually bought into Amway at some point and Walter <laughs> was going to throw an Amway party, but nobody came. So he had to do the pitch for the kids and it was an impress- unimpressive to even them. Oh, man. Uh, did, hmm. did anyone ever um, do graffiti on their sign with the Scamway? Oh, yeah. All the time. That's fantastic. I got to find a picture of that. Maybe we can make that a show picture if we can find it. Yeah, Scamway is a common one. And there's also actually a very popular bar in Grand Rapids called the Pyramid Scheme. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Uh, and apparently this documentary that Luke was watching, I don't know, I didn't look it up, but it's about a billionaire, a couple billionaires, actually, who are having a fight via buying Herbalife stock, buying it or shorting it uh, to kind of screw each other uh, because one of them hates the other one. Luke talks about how Carrie sold Mary Kay for a minute, but she still uses it. And Andrew expresses his desire to go to a Tupperware party because he wants to buy every dumb thing that they make, mostly out of nostalgia, which I'm guessing they probably don't make a lot of that stuff anymore. Yeah, probably not. So he's going to have to go hit up some more thrift stores, get another Walkman and some Tupperware. Ugh, someone's old Tupperware. That's almost like someone's old underwear. Ugh, yeah, it's probably got tomato stains all over it. Both of them. (laughs) 
I, we in in jail we used to call those preseason bowls. Like when someone would get out and they they'd leave their bowl to you or whatever. It was always preseasoned with whatever was there jam you know whatever kind of stuff they like to cook in there yep sure if you do it with cast iron why can't you do it with tupperware yeah Mm -hmm. luke said that he would be good at uh sadly thinks he'd be very good at a a multi-level marketing which he probably would because it's just about getting other people to do your bidding Mm -hmm. and for some reason he gets away with that all the time um top story for today is that the dean at a dean at Yale uh, has been fired over her Yelp reviews, where she was pretty mean about um, low-wage workers, calling them uh, barely educated and white trash. And Andrew thinks this might be a little bit of an overreaction, but then we learned that she had been talked to about it and lied about the extent. Um, and so then her uh, her boss couldn't decided she wasn't very trustworthy anymore. She didn't trust that reviewer. <laughs> so she fired her. These reviews were not uh, not cool and not funny. Uh, Luke uh, just flat out names the Sonos beta test, which is what I predicted it was a few weeks uh-huh. ago because he wasn't he wasn't invited. <laughs> so, <laughs> he feels fine uh, calling them out. Uh, they talk a little bit about universities. One of them wonders if Yale is a university, and we clarify that it is. And then they talk about people who went to Harvard saying just that they went to school in Boston to avoid that mic drop in conversations. Um, I think we all know what went to school in Boston means, though. Right. You know, if you went to Harvard, you went to Harvard. Uh, Andrew talks about Vive's fancy Dartmouth friends uh, who would go to their parties when they lived in New Hampshire and how Andrew felt a little inadequate because uh, he went to Kent State. That's too bad. He probably... Uh, he probably was looked down upon by Harvard people. <laughs> I'm sure he was. I thought it was really interesting that when he was talking about when they moved to Seattle, he felt like it was provincial because yes. nobody was dropping the names of all the Ivy League college that they went to. It was a very strange take on it, I thought. Yeah. And and now that he lives in Seattle, he feels like there's a lot more shared experiences and there's a lot of pride in the university. So he's really got to stop saying UW because it's UW, UW or UW. <laughs> Not you, Dub. Please stop. Your wife works there. Stop, you, Dub. Stop. Well, and he was saying that it's sort of a, a unimportant to talk about where you went to school in Seattle. But I don't. Are there fewer universities there? I mean, on the East Coast, of course, you're going to talk about where you went to school because that's where all the fancy schools are. Yeah, but almost. I know the UW, and I know Wazoo. And what Gonzaga, but I don't know any of the other universities mm-hmm. in the Pacific Northwest. They're a big deal in Texas only because of football. Yeah, mm-hmm. the hierarchy of football in Texas yeah. means a lot. So yeah, you hear a lot more about the colleges here, but yeah, there being only two Division One football teams in the state of Washington, and Wazoo being m- marginal at that, um, it's just not, you know. People just don't brag about where they went to college. We just, we don't brag that we went to college at the the University of Washington. We just um, brag that we didn't have to go to Wazoo. (laughs) (laughs) People ask me where I went to college here. And when they're native Texans, I just say, oh, a little, a little school up north. And that's enough for them because Mm -hmm. they're like, oh, it wasn't in Texas. Who cares? Not that I'm ashamed of my university. I went to Grand Valley State University. It's a good college, but you know, nobody cares what that is. Nobody knows where Allendale, Michigan is. uh, And I'm not going to explain it. So I just dismiss the question more or Mm -hmm. less. Just say you went to school in Boston. I should do that. They, they would think even less of me then I think. 
The next, oh, Andrew talks about, <laughs> he reveals the uh, Yelp review that he wrote uh, angry at a bar because uh, he was not able to drink his $9 glass of sugar. Uh, his pineapple sangria was not there as advertised, and he had a, a whiny baby Yelp meltdown over it. That, that's a pretty amazing that um, a straight man was going to drink this drink or was intending to drink this drink. This is this is not something. I mean, I hate to get all sexist or whatever, but as a guy, I'm not. Even if I want want a pineapple sangria, I'll have a sip of yours. I'm not ordering it. Sorry. <laughs> And then I'm certainly not going to write a, go online and out myself as somebody who wanted pineapple sangria and then was so upset about it that he went online to complain about it. Never. I don't like sweet drinks to begin with, but this sounds like just diabetes in a cup. The that girliest drink anyone ever drank. What I was thinking about with re- regards to this was, as they talk about on Friday, how Andrew feels that he's not buff enough, quote, to put a dust mask on when he's working in the yard and then he's like "Ooh, pineapple sangria (laughs) yeah if you got to be pretty damn secure in your masculinity if you're gonna go in and you know line me up some pineapple sangria barkeep so his vanity doesn't extend to pineapple sangria i I guess guess not uh we get an email from whitney about idioms she's got a few more good ones uh something about as useless as a bucket under a bowl and then i guess that this one has a few different permutations uh breasts on a bore is another thing that they say (laughs) they don't say weird they don't know i've always heard it as teats right yeah Teats on a bull or teats on a bore version of teats yeah right yeah and they theorize that they should become the pc idiom guys which uh, I don't think so. Then uh, Whitney's grandpa also, or her dad, I think, would say, we got a dollar waiting on a dime. Yeah. Which I thought was a pretty good one. A good one. It's yeah. a pretty insulting one to the to the, yeah. to the dime, who <laughs> just has to pee before we get out, get onto the truck to go to the job right. site. Um, and then the gross email for the week from listener Nancy that Andrew, they talk about how much he doesn't want to hear about it, but he's already read it twice. And Luke suggests that he plug his ears and sing a song. And uh, they talk a little bit about their go-to songs for this. And I forgot all about this, but I did have one when I was a kid and I was nervous, Um, especially like before a a choir uh, performance or something. I would sing the I Feel Good song by James Brown in my head to kind of calm myself down and convince Mm -hmm. myself that I was feeling good. Oh, that's really (laughs) cute. (laughs) Um, And so this story is pretty disgusting. And do you want to plug your ears and sing something? (laughs) No, I can handle it. I'll blo- I'll I'll breeze through it. Uh, a lady ordered a meat sandwich for her and her kid at McDonald's. Uh, the kid bit into metal. Mom had eaten it all, and so who eats a burger suing- like that where they they ingest <laughs> big a big enough piece of metal to hurt themselves? Are you are you inhaling this burger? You're After not- the kid bit into some metal. Yeah, the kid. I mean, I can relate to that story. You're chewing your your meat sandwich, and you. Get some some gristle or and what you think might be gristle, and they'll, wow, that's metal. And the mom ate pieces of metal large enough to harm her intestines, and never never felt them with her teeth. Well, she didn't feel them, and they also never recovered them. Yeah, did it happen, or was this a big know. ruse? Like she found the thing that the kid did, and was like, oh well, I ate my burger; it must have had metal in it. Let's see if we can uh, cash in on this, because clearly they were into super cash in. Yeah, definitely. They found him on the x-ray, but I guess you need the physical metal. Uh, and so her husband went through her poop. I hear the jury is still out on x-rays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not very reliable for finding metal. Um, 
they talk about how they, they, the hospital gave them a, a, a cafeteria fork or whatever, a knife to go through. And I, I, I don't know. I've worked in hospitals for a long time. I don't know that we have special tools uh, for this exact purpose that are outside of the lab where you're dealing with tiny amounts. Some kind of, some kind of a gold panning technology is what you're really looking for, right? <laughs> yeah. Because that's really what they're doing, essentially. Yeah, just need you need a, a, a screen. That's all you need. I, I was thinking this whole time, why doesn't she do it herself? Is she that incapacitated that she can't? Because if this was me, I would not want my husband doing that. I would do it myself. Mm-hmm. And who shits in the hospital, by the way? Right. It's like never Nobody. happened, literally never happened for me. <laughs> uh, Luke wonders if it's totally uh, worth ruining your sex life over this. I think he's projecting a little bit. I think there's a price. Don't say no. And t- don't say no without a price. Yeah, I guess it depends on what they were suing for. Right. Um, but I, I, I wonder, it, it sounds like this never materialized, so to speak. So they probably didn't get a lot of money for this. I'm sure Lionel J. Hutz was standing right there just <laughs> the whole time. Andrew talks about how he used to refuse to scoop cat litter, so he would just dump the box out every time. But then oh that God. he eventually grew calloused over the gross parts. It's a really, really good thing he didn't have a kid. It really is. Right. He's looking for some some kudos on on being able to scoop a <laughs> some poop or pee out of a box. It's not that gross. I you know I don't have kids, but I've you know taken care of plenty, and you do get kind of immune to yeah. oh I got poop on my hand. Oh well, you know I'm washable. It's fine. Right. Um, th- there's a little bit of Mariners talk at the end of this episode. I wasn't following it. Something about how bunting and watching home runs is unsportsmanlike. And Luke <sighs> thinks yeah. that anything you do to get the ball on the grass should be okay, <laughs> which is a weird take. <laughs> like no rules. Well, you want to get it on an expansive grass, which doesn't allow the the defense to get to it in time to get you out, you know, and the particular player that did what he did, um, his name's Kevin Dyson, and he's a he's a little guy who bats left-handed and super fast, and so a big part of his game is bunting, and he has six bunts for hits this year, which is tied for the major league lead. So this is a big part of this kid's game. And the, there were, I think at the time, 12 outs left to go before the perfect game would be attained, and the, the Tigers were only up 4 nothing, And... Um, this bunt led to a three-run rally, and eventually the Mariners won the game seven to five. And they and they chased the guy who had the perfect game out. You know, after 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 that bunt, they they actually, you know, hit well enough where this guy got chased from the game. It's not it's not the Mariners' responsibility to see if the Tigers' pitcher can can get a perfect game on us. You know, we should just swing as hard as we can and. And just hope we hit it. No, it's time to rally and try to win the game, which they did. So the discussion that it led to was whether or not um, any backlash against that bunt was racist. I mean, there are there is an unwritten rule. Like if you're in the in the late late inning, someone has a perfect game or no hitter or whatever, and you're hopelessly behind, like eight, nine, ten runs behind, you just try to get a hit. You don't try to bunt or do anything tricky or whatever. <clears throat> I totally was in this situation and that particular rule has no has no racial uh, racial overtones. What the 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 bigger subject they brought up and they kind of missed the mark on was 
the there's unwritten rules that you don't stand and watch your home run. You don't like go slow around the bases and, and celebrate. You just hit your home run and then you, you run around at a brisk pace. And, and then right. that, it's like a no know. gloating rule. Right. Right. And that part, um, is, is not as much the, 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 the white folks in the game, um, the American players, the Canadian players, uh, don't they don't care for that sort of behavior, and it's a culturalist thing because it's not. They were talking about y- Yasiel Puig. He's he's uh, he's Cuban, and two other guys who are known for like celebrating, going slow around the bases. Uh, Miguel Batista and David Ortiz. They're from the Dominican Republic. This is the way baseball is played in the Caribbean. It's much more celebratory and fun. And um, in America, it's not as fun. You know, they, we celebrate after the win. You don't celebrate in game. And there, there is a big clash on that. But it's not a racial thing. Like in America, we are trying really hard to get more black people to play baseball. They're like taking programs into the inner city, you know, trying to provide equipment and real estate for fields because that's the, that's the barrier to entry for a lot of black kids is that, you know, they don't have the money for the equipment and there's, there are no baseball diamonds where they live. So they play other sports. So, um, it's, it's not like this is, this is a black white thing. This is a, this is an American baseball versus, um, Caribbean and to a lesser extent, South American baseball. And there are a lot of brawls that go on over this, this, uh, behavior. And it gets, it gets really bad when a white guy does it, you know, does the big yeah. celebrations. Whew. And There's honestly, some huge brawls over that. I didn't think that his behavior was that out of line anyway. I mean, they were talking about how he flipped the bat and just jogged around the bases. He clearly didn't flip the bat. He just dropped it to the side. You're talking and, about Yasiel Puig? Yeah. And yeah. then maybe maybe he was a little slower, but I didn't see. Now, he did turn back towards the first baseman and tell him to fuck off or whatever so that wasn't a great move but other than that i i didn't think there was really anything wrong with what he did well i don't know if i want to die on the osseo puig hill because a couple weeks ago he flipped off the fans in detroit after after he had a home run so but but in general i mean it's um the caribbean players are just having a blast playing and the american players are just suffering through it so they can ingest enough tobacco or sunflower <laughs> seeds to sustain themselves. It's it's interesting having just returned from there what what uh disregard for rules they have in Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. Um I thought Detroit was was a fun lawless place. Now this is lawless. <laughs> like you can do anything you want. I learned there's no health codes there. Not even health codes. Hmm. If I were in the major leagues, I think I'd have a mariachi band behind me playing my walk-up music. <laughs> and then they would not stop during my at-bat, so the pitcher right, gets right. super pissed. And it would be extremely loud. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Luke talks a little bit about how he doesn't like it when, when we're policing black athletes' behavior when they're winning, uh, which is interesting contrast to what he was talking about on Monday. Um, and also that it's okay for, for him to go big dog. <laughs> on lots of people, as Ann mentioned. Uh, he also talks about how um, the pitcher will punish uh, uh, the hitter by beating them with a ball, and then they kind of have to pretend like it doesn't hurt. 
And he talks about the time he uh, jumped onto the stage at Livewire and murdered his shin, but had to pretend like it was fine, like walk up there and and, and <laughs> outro the band while crying on the inside. Getting hit with a baseball, just like anything else, it depends on where it happens. So if it hits you, the if it hits you in the ass, which is where pitchers are supposed to aim if they're trying to bean you intentionally, that's perfect. Hits you in the shoulder, that's perfect. But if it hits you in the ribs or the shin or the Ooh. foot, you know. It's just, if it hits bone, it hurts more. And if it hits muscle mass, it doesn't hurt as much. It, it is true you try to be stoic or whatever, just like just like Luke, you know, jumping onto the stage, you know, just like a cat hitting a screen door. It's, you know, you try to jump up and act like nothing happened. And then when you get into your private space, you, the natural reaction if you get hit in the ribs with a baseball would be like stubbing your toe in the middle of the night. You can just let loose with a yeah. stream of, of swears. But, you know, you're trying to act tough so you don't do it. I did something like this. Uh, one of the times I cut off a part of my finger when I was cooking. Oh, I remember that. Um, this was not the mandolin. This was just a butcher knife. Um, and it happened because I was on the phone. I was working. And I was talking to somebody who was really long-winded and I got bored. And I wandered over to the kitchen and started to cut something, um, maybe like tomatoes, something that wasn't noisy. But I accidentally cut the tip of my thumb while we were on the phone. And I had to just carry on. So- nothing happened (laughs) okay sounds great i'm like running to the bathroom trying to (laughs) quell this geyser of blood coming out of my finger you just gotta continuing to try to wrap it up somehow (laughs) yes like excuse me can you hang on for a second my thumb just rolled under the stove (laughs) yeah are you a doctor i need some help all right uh gotta get a bowl of ice going here so uh we'll see you see you when we see you yep that's thursday All right, let's move to Friday, number 2409, Crumpets for the Crane Operator. Did we ever get where the title came from? I guess I'm blanking on that. No, not me. I don't know. So Luke has just mowed the lawn and his allergies are going pretty crazy, which is noticeable. Um, That was fairly off-putting having to listen to him. Yeah, he sounded pretty bad. Yeah, periodically go (laughs) on the recording. (laughs) Gross. Uh, to to the point where Carrie could not even listen to him on the phone. And she said, hang up and go take your allergy medication. And of course, he has no idea where it is because of all the bathroom construction. So he decides he's just going to make us suffer. Um, and this leads Andrew to check the pollen count on the website, which is not one of my favorite things. <laughs> that's not, that's, that's no good for you. It doesn't work for you. No, it, it really... The pollen count from three days ago in a city you don't live in? No. Nope. <laughs> so that Andrew can reassure himself that, yes, indeed, his symptoms are reasonable and realistic because there really is something in the air that his body is reacting to. Yeah, grass. He just cut the grass. <laughs> Mystery solved. Mm-hmm. And so they get into the discussion about how neither one of them makes proper preparation for their allergy situations. They both know that there are things that they could do and steps that they could take to minimize their problems and they won't do it. I And Luke even says he knows he's a moron for not doing it for, mm-hmm. he talks about the landscapers that they have hired who were all geared up and they've got masks and whatever else they need to do their job. And he's like, Oh, why, why didn't I do that? I could do that. I, this whole conversation was so frustrating. And Luke's comes down to laziness. 
But then Andrew brings in this thing about he thinks he can't cover his face with a dust mask or a shirt or whatever because he's not buff enough. I don't get that at all. Has anybody told him you don't have to do yard work in a thong? It's not like the mask goes on and the shirt comes off. I, this is so ridiculous. Well, I'm always happy. I mean, I, I, I haven't done the yard work in a while, but um, back at the old house when I used to do most of the yard work, I'm always happy that I took the extra five, 10 minutes beforehand to, you know, put on the shitty shoes that I've, you know, that I, I had for that occasion. And, you know, I would, I would take some allergy medication and it's, it just prepping for the yard work is sometimes better and more satisfying than the yard work because, mm-hmm. because you afterwards, not only does the yard look good, but you're not a fucking wreck. Right. I, this is such a practical step that the fact that they both refuse to do it, it's just beyond me. And mm-hmm. far be it from me to criticize people who have body image issues. God knows I haven't been in public in a swimsuit since I was 15, so I have no room to talk. But Andrew somehow taking this idea that he's not completely yoked out means that he somehow isn't manly enough to work with his hands in the yard. It's just, I, it's enough for the ladies that they see you doing some, doing some yard work. (laughs) Trust me, Andrew. And as we've said before, people are not paying attention to what you're doing. Andrew, if you're, if you're loading the dishwasher, doing, (laughs) doing your yard work, if you're cleaning the bathroom, particularly Andrew, trust me, you're sexy. (laughs) And if yeah, that's just work I don't have to do. Yeah, exactly, the ladies are all going to be like, "I don't care what you look like." Oh, I I hope that guy isn't married. I, I hope he's in a super long term relationship where he's not married, <laughs> so I can get a hold of him without him having to divorce. And if he decides to go outside and pull his neighbor's weeds, nobody is driving by. Oh going, yeah, what is that fat guy doing wearing a dust mask? <laughs> You know, nobody's thinking about you one way or the other. They may register that there's a person out there weeding, but they're not making any judgments about you. It's just, it's, it's crazy to me. And then Luke spends some time being amazed at people who are doing their jobs, like the landscaping guys. And (laughs) Andrew is jealous. In fact, they're both jealous of manly men who work with their bodies. And Luke is contrasting himself with his brother-in-law, the contractor. And I just want to say, stop complaining about how soft and stupid your job is. If you really (laughs) wanted to, if this meant something to you, you could go be a landscaper too. And you know how many landscapers are out there wishing they had a job where they could sit in some air conditioning and tip tap away on a fucking computer? (laughs) Probably 90% of them, you know, when they're out there at 95 degrees and they're getting nettles all over their forearms. Right. Duff has this chip on his shoulder, too, about doing work with his hands. I think it's just because now he's a desk monkey, as he calls mm-hmm. himself. And so he'll do things like we're, ha- we're preparing for a, a kitchen remodel, and he demoed a bunch of drywall himself. Like, he, he wanted to do that to kind of, I don't know, make his penis It meant something to him something. to do it. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and I just don't understand that. I'm like, I'll stay inside. Um, But it's important to him to do some sort of like manual labor now and then. Mm -hmm. Right. But then he hurts himself. So I wish you know, that's the downside is because we are desk monkeys and we're soft. When we do this stuff now, it sometimes we hurt ourselves. Yeah. 
Well, it's entirely up to Luke and Andrew what they do and how they feel about it. It's not like we're in some feudal system where they were apprenticed at the age of 11 to senior podcasters. And this was the (laughs) only career path open to them. So just like my father and grandfather before me, I will be a podcaster. (laughs) Uh, I want to mention the uh, donor shout outs that they give today as we're back into the, the donors that they somehow missed. Um, just because they realized that they, one of the people that they have missed was Sarah, the Boise 10, whose house they stayed at on the road trip. And they are extremely mm. embarrassed that they Oh, and I her. forgot to mention, you were one on Thursday, and so was Bob Stein. Oh, yeah. And they're trying to spin this as a good thing, because you'll get two thank yous in one year. Yeah. That's a reach. <laughs> nice try, guys. I've, I've said before, I the shout out doesn't mean anything to me, because I'm not doing it for the acknowledgement. I'm, I'm supporting them because I want them to have a successful podcast. But I did feel like this, this is kind of too little too late on this front. I think they could have made a little bit. Oh, yeah. Speaking of people who should have an axe to grind about not getting their acknowledgement for their donation, Meredith. Yeah, I'm not sure I've talked about this, but I am a dazzling donor, and uh, they still think I'm donating at $20 a month for some reason, despite my credit card saying otherwise. So you're owed a message. Yes. Yeah. They they have not acknowledged you as a regular donor, and they have not given you your chance to submit your message for them to read. So, yeah. And I have contacted them about it. So hold your fire. That's just a, a marvel of organization is what it is. So the top story for the day is this stolen mummified toe that belonged at this Canadian bar. If you want to order the sour toe drink, which is a shot of whiskey with a toe in it. Um, I did do some research. I put a link there if you guys want to see a picture of a sour toe, the whiskey with the toe in it. And it is nasty. I actually had a lot of fun reading this article. This this one that I looked at was written before the toe turned up, and I had just a couple of bits that I wanted to read from it. Uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. On Saturday, a customer took it one step further, allegedly making off with the wrinkled digit after swallowing his drink. We are furious, said Terry Lee of the hotel. Toes are very hard to come by. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? Uh, I could have made some extra dough. So gross. And there was a line, I think Luke said this when he was uh, reading the article, but this hotel manager said, this was our new toe, and it was a really good one. Mm -hmm. Uh, The article goes on to say, at least eight other toes have gone missing over the years, some stolen, while others have been swallowed. Yeah, I think that's the the dare, because you're already... Having a sour toe, so the dare with your drunk friends is, are you going to swallow the toe? It's like the worm at the bottom of the bottle of tequila. But and I've been to this place. What I was stay, yeah, I was not staying in that hotel, but a different hotel in that town. And I remember walking around town and walking around town and kept seeing they had this sign out front that was advertising the sour toe. And so I finally went in there and they said that they ran out. Someone stole the sour toe. And so I went on Yelp and just went crazy on them. <laughs> <laughs> I was told there would be a sour toe and I went. 
and it was in the time where they should have the sour toe. They actually said yeah. there is a certain period of time in which they offer the sour toe. I guess they don't want to have to police the toe for the entire day. So they just have right. a certain window where they can get the toe out and you have to mm-hmm. order it then. This is gross, but I would probably do it. I mean, I might. Really? Ooh, I really? might. I'm surprised. Luke points out it's alcohol. The thing is probably sterilized to within an inch of its not life. But why not just have a shot of whiskey? Yeah. I don't I know. I would probably throw up the second it touched my mouth. I would just <laughs> uncontrollably throw up. I think <laughs> that feeling would be horrible. I mean, I am not going to go to this place looking to order the sour toe, and I could not be dared into doing it. But, you know, if somebody held a gun to my head, I could probably do it. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. If it were life oh, yeah. or death, of course I would do it. And. <laughs> And if I if I seriously needed a drink, and the only way they were going to give it to me was with the toe in, and I guess I would take it. But yep. otherwise, I'm like, um, how about three dollars less and no toe? <laughs> well, <laughs> the, the person the person that stole the toe uh, did return it. They called and sent it back and apologized profusely. Uh, one of the things that I read in this article was that your prize for drinking the sour toe was that they gave you a certificate and this broham left the certificate behind and it had his name on it oh, so he stole the toe split left the evidence with his full name and so all those was... selfies he had on facebook with it weren't <laughs> helping his case either yeah so there was really no possibility that he was going to get away with this but i guess that's one way to prove that you're a man if you don't feel like putting on your dust mask and pulling some weeds go drink a drink a toe And they do kind of ponder whether this could be fake news. I think that was Luke's thing. But there are police reports and there are pictures of these toes. So I I think it's a real thing. Uh, And Luke does say that this seems like it would be a guy move to do this. And I 100% agree. I don't care if this Mm -hmm. is a sexist statement. There aren't very many women in the world. It's a compliment to women. (laughs) It's a sexist compliment to women that that they would not conceive of this bullshit. Then from here, they somehow uh, get into talking about Google gangers in that there is another Luke Burbank in the world. And back in the old days, Jen tried to book him on TBTL and he declined to (laughs) appear. Uh, not, Not a bad move, I think. Another one of those where maybe you don't understand what's going on or you don't get the joke and so you'd rather not play. Uh, there are lots of Andrew Walsh's, which surprises nobody, I think. Can, um, can I bring up something about um, the Google gangers? Yeah. Um, I saw that uh, Hillary posted uh, something about um, her Google ganger and she had made friends with the other Hillary Butler and... And they hit it off or whatever. And there were lots of Hillary Butlers, but, you know, it was just one that she found and, and friended. And then um, Ellen, who had a, that actually nice story your phone moment earlier in the week, uh, suggested a podcast where Google gangers meet. Like, you know, like, like Luke Burbank, the other one, declined. What if he didn't decline? Then it would have been an interesting segment to see, you know, interview interview that guy and find out what he was all about and then let him like get a sense of Luke. And then like at the end of the podcast, find out, okay, like, do you want to be friends in real life? You know, like we'll pay for the date or whatever, you know? Uh-huh. And Hillary, you know, she's got herself a, she's got herself a microphone and has been made some noise about starting a podcast. And 
there's a hook right there. Google gamers. Yeah. There's plenty of people who would volunteer because you want to meet that person. I personally don't because the two Google gangers that I know about, one is a, an elderly child molester in Britain that has never been <laughs> to prison for some reason. And the other is a, uh, is a Bigfoot Sasquatch researcher. Oh, no. <laughs> and uh, I, don't think, I don't think we could be friends. I mean, I love, I love Joellen, but, but I don't know if yeah. I want another Sasquatch believer friend. Mine is a pediatrician in Fayetteville, Arkansas. See, I don't know how interesting a pediatrician would be, but yeah. (laughs) But we'll see. There would be so many people who'd wanted who'd want to sign up and and Mm -hmm. do it. So good idea, Ellen. Hillary, I encourage you. Yeah, I don't know that I have one. I've never actually looked, but uh, Lundholm is a made-up name. We made it up when we came to the states, and we're (laughs) small family. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know that if I even want to know. Like Dr. Dre is just not going to find. Exactly. (laughs) And then they, uh, Andrew gets weird about whether he's the first Andrew Walsh to come up when you Google it. And he thinks that maybe it's just his own cookies that are bringing his own stuff up. You have to type it into someone else's computer. (laughs) Right. So then Luke Googles him and his Andrew's Twitter feed is the first result. So he's pretty pleased about that. There's a feather in his cap. Yep. And then an anti-feather in his cap, if I can coin a word, is that he wants to map the interior of his QFC using his fitness tracker. Wow. Wow. That was like five minutes of, <laughs> I don't understand. I mean, bored, but but wondering if he was, there was ever going to be a reveal as to why this was interesting. And it didn't well, come up. Well, Luke tried to get at the bo- to the bottom of it and couldn't. Didn't work, yeah. It's just It's just something that he wants to do so that he knows he's done it. I don't know. It's Andrew's frontier is what it is. Good luck to you, sir. Yep. We shan't be discussing it again. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> the next story is about this treasure hunt in New Mexico uh, where a second person has died and some weirdo claims that he buried several million dollars in treasure and he's written this essentially self-published book where he gives clues to the treasure's location in his poetry. And also he answers questions every Friday on his website. And so there are, yes, thousands of people, thousands, hundreds, thousands, too many uh, people who are um, going out looking for it and apparently taking stupid risks and not understanding uh, precautions to take in the desert. I so, I have something to say about this this guy. He's he's tempting fate because if he's the only one who knows where it is, and we know where he is, mm-hmm. um, I'm not going to do it. But let's just say uh, anybody who wants to grab this grab this guy up <laughs> and put a gun to his head while he has some whiskey toe, um, take me to the spot, dude. Yeah, I. This is BS, right? Yeah. This treasure does not exist. This guy is doing it for the attention and to. He doesn't know how to do a podcast. Right. So he's (laughs) decided he's going to do this. Mm hmm. Andrew compares this to the Shia LaBeouf story about the Fortran, Fortran trolls finding his video art project thing. And he thinks that with the power of the internet, shouldn't people be able to find this treasure in the same way? I'm like, but Andrew, there's not a camera filming it. Those 4chan people figured it out from like the sun position and the background noise and all the context clues from the video. The yeah, they streaming had actual video. information, not just weird 
you know, ethereal sentences from the author. It's somewhere yeah. near the Ant Ocean. That's <laughs> right. the impression that I got. Oh, well, why didn't you say that in the first place? I know exactly where it is you can, now. You can drive right up next to the Ant Ocean and it's somewhere in there. <laughs> in your sedan. Yep. Yeah. Well, Luke thinks that this treasure is going to be found in the near future because of the ingenuity of people, <laughs> I guess. And he thinks that if he went down there, he could find it. I, I know I could find it because I'd get this old coot and we would go find it. Because <laughs> <laughs> you would cheat. <laughs> I'd be 100% that we were going to find it or he would die is, and then there would be cheating? three casualties. There's no rules. Yeah. I suppose. <laughs> Stop policing Mike winning, Anne. Yeah. <laughs> Winning is winning. Exactly. Uh, Luke, at this point, wants to change the music that's playing in the rest of the house. They've got, of course, the beloved Sonos system is playing Pandora or whatever program, and he's got the speaker in the office turned off so he can podcast, but he can see what it's playing in the rest of the house, and he thinks that it's bad. I didn't write down what the songs were, and he wants to save Carrie and her brother from having to listen to all this stuff. I uh, that annoys me when he um, decides that his music tastes are superior. He's just going to fix it for everybody. He's going to play the good music for them instead of the mm -hmm. bad music. And if Carrie had a big problem with it, she can go on the app on her own phone and change it her own self. Right. But he'll never be able to tell Alexa to do it because he never got into that beta test. <laughs> So speaking of music, music for your weekend, uh, they play the first song of the summer nomination from Brad, which is In and Out by Beth Ditto. Uh, Luke picks Summer Job by Art Brute. And Andrew picks a cover of Girls Just Want to Have Fun by Starfucker. Boy, that's a quandary if you're trying to swear <laughs> left. <laughs> if you are a fan of Beth Ditto, do you have to call yourself a Ditto head? I uh, that. Now that leads to confusion because how will they know if you're a fan of Beth? Or an asshole, yeah. Could go either way, I guess. Mm -hmm. All right, I'm going to roll us into housekeeping. Don't forget, we've got merch in the merch store. We got a great picture this week from Heather. Uh, it was a picture of her standing in what looks like a freshly dug grave, perhaps, with an exca excavator <laughs> nearby wearing her blue raw hoodie. It's a fantastic We picture. need to do a welfare check on her husband <laughs> if, he, if she has one, <laughs> if she still has one. The coolest thing about that picture, though, was the response, like the first two responses were just from like Heather's mom and Heather's aunt, right? And they were just saying, oh... I haven't seen you in so long. You look so cute. They have no idea. You know, she was like, hey, check out my merch. Mm -hmm. and, right. and they they were just happy to see her. It was so cute. And we all, actually, on the same vein, we got a great picture from Andrea, who submitted a picture of her and her RAR t-shirt with her dog. So cute. Oh, that might have been the one. I can't yeah, remember which that one was, it was. But that was them. Andrea's picture. Right, right. It was so cute. Yep. And the dog. I mean, come on. You've put your dog in the picture. Of course, I'm going to upload Right. You're it. not even looking at the shirt, frankly. <laughs> oh, screw the shirt. <laughs> uh, the archive project continues. We're getting down to the wire. I think next week we will choose our final wagon uh, full of loot winner. But we've still got a few in play that are in the process of going out to their winners. So stay tuned for that and get your episodes archived. Earbuds and earworms this week. Uh, the topic is boozy brunches. So that sounds like there's going to be food and alcohol, which is a winning combination. 
Uh, if you're going to shop for some stuff on Amazon, please remember to use our affiliate link, lrb.com slash Amazon. We really appreciate that. And send in your favorite LRB moments when they come to you so Christy can put together a best of show for the end of the year. And to do that, you just need to visit our website at littleredbandwagon.com or throwyourphone.com is where you can submit all your throw or hug your phone moments about our show or about TBTL. Uh, we we get them all and read them all and love them all. Wait, they can criticize us on Throw Your Phone? Oh, well, yeah, the Vietnam call me thing. Out. Yeah, yeah. So that wasn't its intended purpose, but uh, we're not going to oh, we're not going to stop you. I feel vulnerable um, now. Yeah, well. <laughs> Visit us on Facebook, our page or the Stens page. Our show Twitter is LRB Podcast. You can send us an email at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. You can also send us a voicemail or a text at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. And with that, and why don't you get us out of here? Until next time, this is the next party. Uh, we love you, Jen. I'm buying you a toe whiskey right now. Nailed it. See, I told you we'd breeze through this one. (laughs) Yeah, just a tight two hours.